Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they show it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted. By Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What is up, everybody? We are live here inside the hallowed halls of Ford Field in Detroit, Michigan, where the Buffalo Bills just pulled off a miraculous comeback. The uh, 1615 Jake Fromm leads the big fourth quarter drive and the Bills victorious in the preseason opener. This is the Shout Buffalo Bills football podcast brought to you, as always, by Tops Friendly Markets, your neighborhood store with more. Thank you so much for staying up late with us tonight. Uh, we were down in the press conferences uh, talking to Sean McDermott, a couple of the players uh, that had big performances tonight. Uh, we're going to get into all of those, of course. Uh, Top's Fresh Burger Bar with over 30 varieties of beef, turkey, chicken, plant-based, and gourmet blend burgers ready to grill. Top's Fresh Burger Bar has you smiling all summer long. Let's start with you, Mr. Talbot, in the flesh once again, third straight weekend. Uh, we're in Detroit. What was your big takeaway from today? Well, you were just talking about tops and smiling. I think that Sean McDermott's going to be smiling after he watches that film on Greg Rousseau. Uh, Buffalo's first-round pick, pick number 30 overall, went against the number 7 overall pick in this year's draft on the Lions, and he had a pretty dominant performance first series of the game. He had a sack. He collapsed the pocket with some regularity. I thought that he looked great in his Bills debut. There, there was a lot of talk, Matt, that when the Bills drafted Rousseau, that he was going to be a raw player, someone that needed a little bit of seasoning, so to speak. Uh, he had opted out of Miami in, his, in that, the COVID year. So mm-hmm. I, I think that learning curve is not as uh, significant as some people had once thought. The thing about Rousseau that, we've talked about that we heard so much about was this um, red shirt year that everybody was expecting him to come in here and kind of blend in till he fit in. Mm-hmm. And what we've seen, what we saw tonight, I was, you know, talking to a few people, other members of the media, as we heard from him down in uh, post post game uh, press conference, he didn't look out of sorts. He didn't look um, unprepared. He didn't look um, outmatched. He was the guy kind of winning the matchups. And I think this is a big deal because at this stage, 
couple things to remember. First and foremost, the Detroit Lions. It is a team that's probably expected to be in the running for one of the worst records in the league. I think that they have a little bit more talent than people, I think, um, give them credit for. But at the end of the day, it's it's not a team that's scaring anybody. So I think from that perspective, you gotta you got to have some perspective. But this is a big-time game for him to come in here, build some confidence, and have some wins. Penny Sewell is uh, a beast and he mm. said he we talked to him and he said he met him during the pre-draft process and you know at the medical combine and uh they were he was excited to go against him because he knew how talented he was well he comes out here and you know basically punches him in the face on that first drive showed that he was here to play you know i don't think anybody expected rousseau to have the power this soon because he's still growing into his body that's one of the first things we we're talking about during minicamp but I think what we're seeing is he's a lot more well-rounded than I think anybody even realized. And I think people are are starting to really shake their heads at how far he fell in the draft. This is looking like a potential steal if he can be what you know he's flashing at times. I go back to Daniel Jeremiah, somebody that I really respect. He's been in scouting rooms. He knows um, what he's doing. And when you go across this the internet and you look at a lot of big boards and mock drafts, a lot of these people have never been on the team side of things. And so when when there is somebody like that that's been in the room, that's evaluated people, that's had his reports read by NFL executives, I, I tend to put a little bit more weight in that. And he never wavered off the Greg Rousseau love. As a matter of fact, I think towards the end there, he had Rousseau as either one or two in his defensive end rankings. You know, you mentioned the strength. The strength is is further along than we thought. And then the length. Everyone knew the length of Rousseau was going to be an issue for opposing offensive tackles. And that's what he did to create that initial separation with uh, Penny Sewell tonight. And I think that's something that he can re- really utilize here in 2021 and beyond. And, and what's great for Greg Rousseau is that the Bills have Jerry Hughes and they have Mario Addison uh, ahead of him on the depth chart. So he's not going to be depending uh, – He's not going to have to come in and play 50-plus snaps per game. He's going to be coming in and going against some tired offensive linemen, offensive tackles, and and possibly be able to utilize that size, that speed, that length, and really help the Bills uh, improve their pass rush from one year ago. We're going to try to talk a little bit louder. People are are kind of filing out of the uh, uh, press box here. This is usually kind of frowned upon, but it's the preseason. There's not a lot of people around. Usually I try to find like a – somewhere else to do the show but um it's the preseason we're just getting back into this thing so bear with us i know it's a little bit dark i'll probably have like some type of little light in here mm-hmm. usually as we get into the season but we're here right now we talked about one of the the good things and we can get into some of those there's a there was a number of good things tonight but let's get, get to i see some people commenting here and, and we'll get to him one of maybe the not so good things and that was bobby hart's night continuation of what we've seen in training camp from him. He's not able to hold up. He's overpowered. He's um, usually on the losing end in the quickness battle. And you saw on that last drive when Jake Fromm, the second-year quarterback that played his first NFL snaps tonight, a lot of people played their first NFL snaps tonight, you know, he was under siege from the moment he stepped on the field. And listen, the end of the day, it hasn't been an, an unbelievable camp by Jake Fromm by any stretch, but you saw what he was able to do. He adjusted. He made some big plays down the stretch. He made, he made a couple of nice connections to Mark West Stevenson. We'll talk about that. But I think Bobby Hart, um, I wouldn't even call him a long shot to make this roster. I would say definitively, if we're, if we're taking out the Sharpie, 
I'm going to put him in the cut section. And what's the episode of Sharpie? The whiteout? We're getting out the whiteout. The whiteout. We're going to white out his name. name yeah, Bobby Hart. Uh, tough night. I'll say also on uh, combine the three. I think I wrote about them all. My one observation, which head over to the site. Ryan put up um, stock up, stock down. I put out my observations from the game right at the uh, final whistle. Um, I added in Tommy Doyle and Spencer Brown. I thought both of them struggled in their first NFL snaps. I thought Sp- Brown was probably a little bit more consistent. Tommy Doyle seemed to be, um, especially on the from series, to the, the first from series, he was just, I almost feel like, you think of a movie where somebody has a million like images running in front of their, what was that one? Show? Oh, yeah. did you ever watch lost? Oh yeah. You know, the scene where they, I think they captured Sawyer or one of the characters and they put him in a room and they kept, and they just kept playing it over and over again. The Dharma initiative yep. message. I felt like that was Tommy Doyle tonight that he was out there seeing all these different formations and, and, and pressures and, and, and defensive end games. And, um, packages and, and it was a little bit too much and overwhelming. That's okay. He's a fifth round draft pick. Um, there was one play that we noticed, the Spencer Brown play. Why don't, why don't you tell him a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, early in the game, Spencer Brown absolutely whiffed on a block and pretty much face planted. Now, uh, like you said, he was probably the most consistent of, of the three tackles that we're talking about. He did have some positive plays as well. But I, I think at the end of the day, the Bills really have to start doing some due diligence, man, on some – offensive tackles that might hit the market after cut down day. Mm -hmm. Uh, You look at Bobby Hart. Bobby Hart was with the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Fans were actually pretty excited when they did not bring him back into the fold. And he he signed with the Bills, and we kind of see why he really did struggle. He started the game with a holding penalty on Devin Singletary's first run or one of his first runs. He ended the game whiffing on some big blocks where Jake Fromm took a sack. Uh, And even in that last drive, I believe it was once again Hart that whiffed on a block where Fromm was able to get it away. I think it was on the third down play before uh, he he made the big play to Marquez Stevenson. So (laughs) it it was a real rough night for him. It was a rough night for, yeah. That was took your water. (laughs) Uh, it was a Keep rough night for Tommy Doyle. Yeah, go right ahead. Yeah. So a really rough night for both of, of these young offensive tackles. But there's upside when it comes at least to Doyle, when it comes to Spencer Brown. That's to be expected. Bobby Hart, I don't see a scenario where he makes this roster, where he can make this squad and team. And, and that takes us back to what we've already seen. We, we've seen Deion Dawkins on the COVID list already. Um, we, we know they had brought back Daryl Williams. So I, I think that the Bills really do have to target offensive tackle right now. If there's one position that they have to strengthen between now and week one, it's offensive tackle, Matt. You know, preseason game number one, the majorities of the, of the starters not playing. I think you just – if you're a Bills fan, you just wanted to come out here today and see your team play a little bit, you know, as many of the players that are starters that you, that you can kind of find. I think we got over 100 people watching now on Ooh. YouTube. Out here at 11:45 p.m., we appreciate you guys, man. I mean, hanging in there. We got the like the weird dark camera <laughs> angle here, so we apologize for the aesthetics of the thing. Um, but shout out to Tops. Spend more time enjoying everything that summer has to mm-hmm. offer, and less time worrying about getting to the store with Tops pickup and delivery. Shop for your groceries online. Choose pickup or delivery, and Tops will bring the groceries right to you. Visit TopsMarkets.com and get started. Let's go to the cornerback two position battle. We got a good look at Levi Wallace and Dane Jackson today. Travis White obviously didn't play as expected. 
Um, I thought, you know, Levi Wallace looked like Levi Wallace. I thought that there was a few plays where, you know, he gave up some short completions, but I, I go back to it. That's what they're okay with. Mm -hmm. As long as he gets to the ball and makes a tackle. And I think what we heard from Dane Jackson is that he's really working on, you know, I think what happened, I'm thinking more about this, Ryan, go back to last season. I think they really sent Dane Jackson out there and said, Hey, listen, do what you're comfortable with. You know, he did play some, some press coverage in a lot of those um, matchups. I go back to the Hopkins play where he was Mm -hmm. really up in his grill. And, you know, I think that what they're doing now is they're trying to make him a well-rounded quarterback. So they're, they're really emphasizing the patience and, you know, playing off at the line of scrimmage. And I think that it's been a transition for him and it's been something that he's got to get used to. There was a play tonight. We talked so much about in the off season. He didn't miss tackles last year. He had a, a blatant bad missed tackle tonight. And that's something you won't see from Levi Wallace too many times. He's, he's gotten to that place where he's, he's much more comfortable as a tackler and trustworthy, which I think is a key part of all of this as we talk about this thing. And then that huge play in the end zone where he comes in, um, could have been a touchdown. He breaks it up at the last second. He he made he made a big play, and for right now, I think he's got a stranglehold on that job. Yeah, I think that the gap widened significantly for that cornerback two job. So uh, tonight, you mentioned it. You know, he wasn't perfect. He had a I want to say a legal hands of the face penalty, Matt, um, but he was solid in coverage. He had the pass breakup in the end zone. It's what we've seen from Levi Wallace. He's steady and he's solid. He's not a superstar, but that's okay. The Bills don't need two superstars at cornerback. They have a great one in Tredavious White. They just need someone that can hold up the other side. Dane Jackson, it looks like he's going to need some more time than maybe once thought. He was impressive as a rookie. He made plays whenever his number was called upon, but tonight he struggled in coverage. He missed a tackle. Uh, I I was not blown away with that performance from Jackson tonight. So I I think that's another one of those competitions that we're getting really close to pretty much calling it and pretty much saying, Hey, that's Levi Wallace's job. Mm -hmm. No Josh Allen tonight. uh, No Stefan Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley. I mean, this was the tried and true second team offense. I thought Cody Ford, um, he was the one guy in there that I think fans expect to to start that, that played, quite a bit actually probably mm-hmm. more than i even anticipated i think they wanted to get his legs back under him he played a uh, ton of snaps i thought at times he looked really good i go back to davis webb and we're going to talk about him and mitchell trubisky in a moment um i had a tweet on trubisky where i i was just quickly writing and i just basically said um mitchell trubisky uh exits the game davis webb in uh trubisky completes just one one of two passes and I was just, I didn't really mean anything by it. Like it wasn't meant as a right. swipe, but Bears Twitter got in there and was oh like, uh, oh man, Mitch can't take a night off. I was, I was more just saying like, he just went one for a two yeah. and that's, you know, he wasn't really asked to do a ton. And so not a game where I leave with a clear picture of anything when it comes to Mitchell Trubisky, they wanted to run the ball. They got the ball in their running backs hands from the start. And then the, the playbook opened up a little bit for Davis Webb and listen, it makes sense. Mitchell Trubisky has only been in this offense now for three months. Mm-hmm. I, I would imagine he's still getting up to speed. Davis Webb has been in the the deep end of this playbook now for three seasons. And he's basically like an extension of the coaching staff. I think you saw that out there. He's comfortable with everything that they run. He went out there orchestrating an 83-play drive. I see somebody says, uh, I never listen to you when I talk. Listen, man. 
there are times when I'm doing other stuff and I'm reading other stuff. But listen, you got to produce the show at the same time. Sometimes there's stuff going on. We don't have like a full time producer. We might soon stay tuned. But uh, always know that I have one ear on Ryan Talbot and he's usually taking care of it. So chill out. Um, go ahead. Oh yeah. So starting out with Mitch Trubisky, I'm not listen. I'll be over here. You mentioned it. It was a run-heavy offensive uh, game plan tonight. So only two attempts, and that's fine. The the Bills are very comfortable uh, with him as their number two quarterback. And, he's, and as the preseason goes on in these next two games, I'm sure you'll see them open it up a little bit more for him, throw the ball a little bit. Davis Webb, you mentioned it. He's an extension of this coaching staff. He is pretty much an extra coach on this team. Matt wrote a great piece on uh, Davis Webb a little while ago. He actually shared it on Twitter tonight. If you haven't checked it out already, check it out. He goes into meetings. He he probably even has his hand in this playbook in terms of what works, what doesn't. So it, you're right. It's no surprise that he came in tonight and he he looked really well passing the ball. And, and he did his best Josh Allen imitation, running it a few times, man. He looked... Uh, pretty elusive out there on the field you see all of his the videos that come out of practice with him and uh wet or him and josh allen just absolutely uh going full blast racing uh so he 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 credited josh after the the game and said um uh he credits his running for just being able to watch josh after, over the last couple of years so um yeah good game for mitch uh for davis webb uh, Jake Fromm comes in. It's tough at the start. He gets things going. I thought that um, that's impressive because, again, it's easy to forget because of the COVID year that a lot of these guys, they're taking their first NFL snaps, even the second-year guys. Um, I was talking to Christian Wade for the F.A. Obata story that I'm writing the other day, and he was one of the guys that was with Davis or with uh, Jake Fromm last year that had to be um, kind of kept away from the yeah. team. And he got to know him a lot. And, he, you know, when I, when I was interviewing him, Fromm walked by and Christian Way was, you know, they were, you know, dapping each other up. And I asked him about like what that was like. And he was like, well, it was cool because we actually lived, uh, we were neighbors. So we were in a part where we can kind of see each other and talk to each other and build a relationship. And, you know, there seems to be a real um, appreciation for him in the locker room with what he did last year, what he sacrificed, six months of, of really just quarantining himself. He goes out there tonight. A lot of young quarterbacks in that spot could completely fold. And I, I've been kind of hard on Fromm over the course of training camp. I, I haven't thought he's looked too good. I've always kind of given him the benefit of the doubt that it's going to take some time. What I saw tonight was a guy that nothing was spectacular. He made one really nice throw down the field. Uh, everything else was really, you know, just trying to move the ball. And But you got to do that. You got to take what's there. And he did that. He set up the game-winning drive. I thought really positive signs from Jake Fromm. Yeah, oh, yeah, and you're right. At the end of that drive, it felt like felt like Groundhog's Day because it was the same play over and over and over where it felt like we were just throwing it. But the, the throw to Marquez Stevenson was really impressive to me, Matt, because when he opened up that drive, he missed an open Duke Williams. Mm. And Williams had the separation, just overthrew him. And, and, and between that and the hits that he was taking tonight, uh, the pressure that he was facing, you're right. It would be easy for a guy making his first NFL appearance to kind of fold. But fourth down, fourth and ten, he makes that big connection. He finds Stevenson, 
open just between the two defenders, and he did enough to help the Bills seal this win. Uh, you know, one thing Fromm mentioned is this is the second time in his career that he's ever come off the bench into a game. Mm-hmm. The first was in his debut at uh, Georgia, and then it, obviously tonight. So, again, that's even something that he has to get used to, and obviously he's not starting here in Buffalo this year. But it's going to take some some getting used to for him, even in the NFL level, knowing that, you know, you got to sit on that bench and wait until your number's called, whether it's here in Buffalo or somewhere else. Zach Moss is injured, dealing with a hamstring injury, out of action once again. This is becoming a recurring theme for him. Antonio Williams comes into this game, gets a couple carries, suffers a stinger. He goes out for a little while. Christian Wade is on uh, is already on the injury report. He's got a shoulder issue. He's been mm-hmm. walking around the facility with a sling. So you got Devin Singletary, Matt Breida, and it, when Williams went out, that was all you had left. Yeah. And so I think that it's good f- tonight to sit here and talk about the, the good game that Devin Singletary had, and we can get into that a little bit. I thought it, that looked like 2019 Singletary, the way that he was moving, the way he was kind of hitting the hole. I was really impressed with what I heard uh, Davis Webb say about him too, how much you know he's revered in the locker room as a, as a great teammate. He's not a guy that we see that says a lot. And, you know, when you watch him out on the field, he's had some issues with catching the football. His big play tonight was a touchdown catch. And I think that he just looked more comfortable. He was more um, urgent with the way that he ran the ball. And he he hit the hole and he, he made some guys miss. And the big difference between Singletary and Breida to me, um, Breida isn't able to bounce off tackles the same way. I think the speed element of his game, he really needs to get out in space to be mm-hmm. successful. There's times tonight where I thought, you know, Singletary made people miss, and then he he made he, he, he broke tackles, which I think is important. Listen, when they get into the regular season, teams are going to be game planning to stop Josh Allen in this passing game. So that's when I think a guy like Matt Breida is going to be able to be a little more successful. Tonight wasn't really his night. It was it was a very grinded you we're going to run the ball. We're telling you're going to run the ball and you're going to try to stop us. And I don't think Matt Breed is really built for that. No, I, I think that's a great point. And you know, what's really interesting with Devin Singletary, uh, Devin Singletary is he spent this offseason. Never mind. Like, Breed is overrated. <laughs> Singletary spent his offseason working on uh, adding some muscle to his frame, adding, working on his speed, working on his explosiveness. Mm-hmm. And when he was asked tonight about uh, the, what was the most important thing he worked on this offseason? He actually said it was the mental side of the game. Right. Uh, so th- that's really interesting to me because he did work on the frame. He did add strength so he can bounce off tackles, as you mentioned. But he, he mentioned the mental side of the game. And he even said um, while tonight he was able to get into a rhythm, he realizes that in the NFL that's not always going to be the case. Some, you just have to be ready when your number is called. And, and tonight he was more than ready when his number was called. Like you said, it reminds you a little bit of the rookie year where he ended up uh, finishing for first place, tied first place in terms of yards per carry average. I look at this defensive line tonight, and we obviously started off the show with Greg Rousseau because, Mm -hmm. I mean, he was the, you know, that was really what everybody going in. If if you circled names on a a depth chart or talked about your top storylines going to this game, Gregory Rousseau was at the top. For, for pretty much everybody in the Bills community. and But you look down this defensive line, Ed Oliver, I thought, had a n- couple nice plays tonight. Um, A.J. Epinesa, Boogie Basham, um, Effie Obata, Daryl Johnson, who I want to get into in a little bit more detail in a minute. 
I think that there is a noticeable difference, even without Star playing tonight, in the talent level now on this line. I mean, even on the edge, seeing a couple times where uh, there's one where Boogie Basham and Daryl Johnson met at the quarterback rushing from each side. There was a time when A.J. Epinesa and uh, Greg Rousseau met at the quarterback, and Epinesa absolutely blew up Boyle. (laughs) And I thought – I even tweeted it. I was like, that was some magical stuff from Boyle to be able to get rid of that ball because A.J. Epinesa absolutely devastated him. And that's a good sign. When you see both of your defensive ends, and I know that most of it was done against the second team and it's the Lions and perspective, but when you see both of your defensive ends getting around on the outside and finishing at the quarterback and forcing him, even if it's forcing him to move up, that's a positive sign for this group. Yeah, that that's what Eric Washington, Leslie Frazier, Sean McDermott envisioned when they when they added the uh, defensive lineman back to back in the draft in, in Greg Rousseau and Boogie Bash, and when they signed FAO Bada when they drafted AJ Epinesa last year in the second round. This is what they envisioned: the, these players coming together, improving this team's defensive line, and more importantly, the pass rush. And, and you saw that tonight. And you know, FAO body, he ends the game for the Bills with a sack uh, to help them win the game in regulation after Tyler Bassett kicked the field goal. And earlier in the game, he had been penalized for roughing the quarterback. And uh, I, I had asked Sean McDermott tonight, I said, you know, what What did you tell him when you pulled him aside? And he said, stay aggressive. You got to make sure that you, you move past that moment and, and that you're ready for the next one. And when that next opportunity came, he was able to uh, win the game, for, help win the game for the Bills. I'm so glad you brought that up because I was going to ask if, because I wasn't in Sean McDermott, if he said that at all. So I'm glad that you did ask that. This is why we got this guy out here at the game. Are you uh, ready to do this full time? Traveling all, to every game? I don't know about every game, just because my other <laughs> my other schedule. So I don't think that would work out too I'm well. I'm telling you, man, I love having you out here, man. It's been fun uh, traveling out here, getting in the uh, the, the back. This is our first game back. I mean, I went to, mm-hmm. to Kansas City last year, but it was it was it wasn't like the real thing. We were all wearing masks. There was no post game. We still had to do the zooms. Today we were in person with players with Sean McDermott. It was it felt like being back and. That, to me, is the biggest takeaway from today. And I I thought another note that I want to pass along that I thought was cool, if you haven't seen, um, Max says, you guys look like you can use some wings from Barbell. Is there ever a time when people can't use some wings from Barbell? I I think that's 24-7. People could use wings from Barbell. Davis Webb talking about mentioning to Josh Allen, hey, man, don't you wish you were playing right now? Because he was. it's not too often Josh Allen's going to be on a, on a sideline watching as the Bills play football. And he said, no, man, I'm loving this. I'm enjoying watching you guys being a fan. Uh, he came out, you know, Josh Allen's very aware of things. He comes out in the the visor, which everybody loved, mm-hmm. had the white face mask that was kind of trending on social media before the game. And then he goes and puts on Sean McDermott's bucket hat on the sideline. I mean, it was a fun, fun, fun day to be back watching football, doing all the things that we, you know, probably took for granted before everything that happened last year. No, oh, absolutely. You know, one negative I want to note, though, 0 for 1 in the coin toss and signing a $258 million extension. I, You know, he had been pretty money in the coin toss before that, so a little concern there, no. Uh, Tongue-in-cheek, <laughs> tongue obviously. Yeah, Alan looked like he was having a, a great time. Bucket hat, chewing the sunflower seeds, watching the game, staying involved, watching his teammates perform and perform pretty well when their numbers were called upon. So uh, I think there was a lot of positives to take away from this. Now, 
first preseason game for the Bills in a few years. I think McDermott will go back to the tape. One thing he'll, he'll absolutely hate is the amount of penalties, Matt. Nine penalties, I believe, mm-hmm. 112 yards. Right. Uh, th- that's one thing that he really does preach is cleaning up the game. But, again, it's the first preseason game. There was no preseason last year. So, you know, I, I do think that uh, when they go back and look at the tape, that's one thing that McDermott will really look at and try to get cleaned up. Uh, the atmosphere was really cool. I thought yeah. there wasn't a ton of people in here today, mostly the the lower bowl. But I thought as things got really heated up in the fourth quarter, I mean, it, it got loud in here. I thought the atmosphere was fun. Atmosphere was great. There was a Tigers game across the street. I mean, if you've never been here before, you could literally take about 10 steps from the entrance to the Lions Stadium and get to the Tigers Stadium. Mm. So uh, they're right there. Tigers had a game tonight with uh, Cleveland, so I think they had a little bit more uh, fans in attendance. But you're right. Once they took the lead tonight, it got really loud. Um, late in the game when the Bills are trying to make that comeback, that 4th and 10 play, I thought it was really loud. So, you know, kudos to the Lions fans that were here. Awesome, awesome atmosphere. And, and Bills Mafia, speaking of awesome, these numbers are popping uh, thank you so much. It is now after mi- it is midnight. So thank you for uh, got going watching here. the show live with 227 us. Just on, on YouTube, YouTube right Unreal. now. I was going to cut this off, but maybe we should go a little bit longer. We got 227 on here. That's that's where they hit that like button. That's right. What's the other thing? Like subscribe. And then if you, you know, if you watch the replay of this, you can also download us on your favorite podcast platform. By the way, note uh, for the audio people we've been having an issue with apple they, mm. it hasn't been uploading to apple properly we we have our tech people working on it if you find us on spotify make sure that you subscribe there or any of the other ones i think we're on google stitcher uh some of the other uh podcast platforms uh we'll get it figured out on apple apple's been funny i uh update like they didn't yeah, update like, and it messed everything up i've been like sometimes i'll be scrolling i'll scroll i'll scroll trying to refresh my feed and nothing will happen for like a minute and then I'll it never did it. So yeah, hang with us there. Another thing, my wife just texted me. I do this thing sometimes where I like like this during like I'm talking like <laughs> itching my nose. Let us know. Like, is that a problem? Like, do you guys is that bother you? Because she always texts me during the show and she's like, stop doing that. But I was like, hey, maybe they like it. Maybe That's people right. maybe people come. That's why the numbers are popping. Right. It's 227 now and I've done it a lot in the last like two or three minutes. <laughs> so I think that that's a big thing. I gotta get in a big section here for Andre Smith. Yes. This dude, we're going to get into the linebackers here in a little bit. Cause I got some takes on the linebackers. Tyler Medikevich. He's a little bit more than the special teams ace that he's been billed as. I, I really think that he adds solid depth. And I, I go back to his time in Pittsburgh. Listen, you don't, you, you don't last on, on Mike Tomlin's roster unless you can do multiple things. And unless he could trust you, if he does need to put you in the game on defense. And I think what we've seen from in camp and then again tonight, he's just really solid. We'll get into Andre Smith, but what's your thoughts on Medikevich? Yeah, Medikevich, uh, you know, his, his spot safe, uh, obviously, because of his special teams ability, his special teams play. But right out of the gate tonight, first series, he almost gets an interception. He He's uh, diagnosing well on the field. He's playing well uh, for this team. And we've talked about this, Matt. It's just been one of those scenarios, and it happens, unfortunately, to a lot of NFL players. Where, the, where opportunity just never comes for a player to be a starter. Mm-hmm. But when your number's called, you have to be ready. And Matikevich showed tonight that he was ready. I thought he was impressive. I'm going to let you talk a little bit about Andre Smith here in a minute. And I'm going to give a little shout-out to Joe Giles-Harris. I thought Joe Giles-Harris put together uh, a nice game for the Bills 
Um, and I know we're just taking at the linebacker position now, but also a little shout out to those depth safeties. I Man, I thought in, in run support, Dude, uh, Josh, Tom and, Josh Thomas early was a tone setter. Yes, in, in run support specifically, un, outstanding. Damar Hamlin job. made a couple of nice plays too. I'm telling you right now, Jaquan Johnson is such a physical player. Every time I watch him, I want to watch him more. You know what I mean? So I think that safety group, Tariq Thompson, has been a playmaker throughout camp and go, dating back to the spring. They got a t- some tough decisions on their hands. And I almost think Dean Marlowe, who was playing tonight for Detroit, might have seen the writing on the wall with some of these guys. He was in the room with Josh Thomas last year. I think he knew the competition level, that what it was going to be like. The Bills look really good at depth safety, and I think it's going to be a situation where they might try to hide some of these guys. Like maybe, you know, get a DeMar Hamlin on the roster and try to get a Josh Thomas to the practice squad. And a three, I could see them taking two guys that they caught trying to get him to the practice squad if they can. But you're right, a great night for the safeties. We are going to go a little bit longer. I want to talk, touch on a couple more things here before we go. Let's start with Andre Smith. Mm-hmm. This guy has been outstanding. You know what I mean? Like for a seventh round pick, kind of a throwaway uh, for Carolina. I think they traded him to the Bills for nothing. Um, basically, maybe future considerations or something like that. I have to go back and look at it. This guy has been comes in year one, contributes on special teams when they need him to. Coming into year two, they they give him a two year deal before the start of this season, and you think that that's where he's his his role is going to lie. I think he's proving that he's going to be a trustworthy piece. Tyrell Dotson's in big trouble. Tyrell Adams is in huge trouble. Mm. All we heard about Tyrell Adams was that he was a tackling machine last year. He missed a huge tackle tonight that I think is going to really haunt him in fine. I mean, he hasn't done much in training camp. I'll be completely honest. I, I haven't been impressed with him. You know, on the days that we could talk about it, he's been out of the third team, right. you know, uh, defense. And I, I think he was kind of third team tonight with when he came in. Uh, Tremaine Evans and Matt Milano didn't didn't play. I, I did see a couple of times where they went to three three linebackers. So I'm wondering if maybe they'll sprinkle in a little bit more, getting into that four three look, that base defense. Well, not base defense. Nickel's the base at this point. But Andre Smith, game ball tonight. I think that's what we should start doing after the game, no, giving out a game golf. ball. I know it's very tip like uh, cliche, but he earned it. I mean, the guy was all over the field today. He made plays. He was in the backfield. He affected the run game. Uh, for the Lions, he had that interception, flash the athleticism. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that showed out there today that I think he could do it all, and he's he's getting really comfortable in Leslie Frazier's defense. Yeah, listen, when, when they signed him, it was for special teams originally or when they acquired him, uh, and now he's showing he's more than just that. And he's it's not the same level as a Tremaine Edmonds, so I want to watch how I say this, but he was moving very well sideline to sideline tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, not the same level of athleticism, obviously, but I was really impressed. I was blown away with his performance. So, you know, we've talked about Medikevich. We've talked now uh, about Andre Smith. We've mentioned a guy like Joe Giles Harris. These are just more of those tough decisions. And, and Matt, I, I like that you said that. I hope they can hear you. Oh, well, am I too quiet now? Yeah, or right, I'll be a little bit little louder. Little more right. It has kind of, it has kind of cleared out here. I was. Tr- they were playing that earlier tonight. It's all about oh, that they were yeah. doing that. They did the Lion King too with the little holding up the babies, and that was fantastic. Um, that was fun. But maybe the, the Bills will sprinkle in more four three. I don't know how many Bills fans watched the Patriots game, uh, preseason game, but they were very run heavy, and that's one of the teams the Bills sees twice. They see twice a year, and I think they know we have to be pretty stout against the run when the Patriots come to town because they have they're they're three four uh, running backs deep, so. 
being in that four three at times is, is going to be beneficial to this team. Let's get the Daryl Johnson. Yes. I was sitting here a week ago really puzzled with how he was going to make the roster. I still think the numbers game, I really struggle with it. I don't see a scenario where they can keep three defensive tackles. But we saw tonight they're very comfortable using Effie mm-hmm. and Carlos Boogie Basham inside. Now, on a you know pass situation and like third down, it's easier to do that. I think – Going with three defensive tackles, though, really puts you at a disadvantage. If somebody gets banged up in a game, how are you going to deal with that rotation? But I just really think they're going to want to keep Obata and um, Daryl Johnson just because of Johnson's special teams, and he's flashing on defense. Like his, I feel like he's finally grown into his body a little bit. He's comfortable in his body, and we saw that tonight. I think Buffalo's only way around that issue, Matt, might be utilizing the practice squad. And it might not even be a player currently on this roster, but I think they might stash one or two defensive tackles on their practice squad. Mm-hmm. And with those elevation rules week to week, you bring them up there. So that way you have a true defensive tackle if someone does go down. But right. then, but uh, Or or is maybe uh, 50-50 going into the game. But yeah, F.A. Obata, he was inside just as much as he was outside, it felt like, tonight. And that's something that he did at Carolina. Boogie Basham, they talked about that too. So having these players that bring that versatility is so important to this defensive line. But Daryl Johnson, you know, he had some opportunities tonight and he made some big plays. We know what he does on special teams. Heath Farwell talked about how other coaches come up to him and say, you know, the size and the speed of this guy, it's, it's not something you usually see. Um, so the, the bills clearly value him. And I think they know that he's not a player. They might be able to sneak onto their practice squad, but, this is the, these are the type of decisions you have to make when you're you're going for a championship. Did you know that Tops loves local? I did know. You did know that Tops is proud to partner with over 200 local growers to supply Tops with their freshest homegrown fruits and vegetables produced and picked this morning. Can be on your table at night. All right, Ryan Talbot. 40 minutes. I thought I, we hung around a little bit later than I, I think we were going to. Thank you so much for everybody that joined in. Uh, we're here in Detroit. It was uh, a quick in and out operation. We drove in today when I drive out first thing in the morning, uh, but we'll be back with plenty of coverage as training camp resumes. Uh, for Ryan Talbot, I'm Matt Perino. This has been the Shout Bills podcast. We will see you very soon. Take care, everybody.